Okay. If I could find you a costume. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, you know that voicemail you left before? What was going on with him now? That's a long story. I'll talk to you about it later. Listen, I'm going to have to go. But do us a favour, will you? Her Highness wants Ryan to announce that Coronation Street is now officially open. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Coronation Street is now open. The talk of the street. 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 Welcome to episode 177 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast that hopes the next Super Soap Week has less guns, less escaped convicts, less water pissing all over the microphones, and more Roy hanging out with Evelyn, playing Scrabble in his tensile steel jacket. I'm Gavin. And I still don't understand what in the circus no one can hear you scream means. Well, in this circus... (laughs) It's not like space. space... Space is where no one can hear you scream. In a circus, there's lots of other people, so everyone would hear you scream, wouldn't they? I think Ridley Scott has got the, the trademark on the, the space <laughs> one, maybe. In the woods? I don't know. Because in the circus, people can hear you scream. Right. So, so what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean, Gav? Is it? How are you? Uh Oh, well, now I'm confused. <laughs> I'm all right. Join us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not the the thing that's confusing me most about this week. But oh we have, no, it's it's not the thing that's the most confusing to me either. We but have it, plenty of time to talk about. Uh, yeah. All of that. Yeah. We have maybe a hundred minutes of that. Yeah. Minus eight minutes for some top quality <laughs> banter and you coughing. Yes. Over what I'm saying. Right. Excellent. Great. How not are you? How's, how's that coffee purpose. you're working out? Is it? <coughs> well. Feels like it's a bit noisier than it was last week, which is mm. always great. Right. Yeah. Because last week I wasn't out of antibiotics and now I am. I was like, this is great. I think these antibiotics have finally worked. <laughs> and then two days after finishing them, I'm back to having to use the slanty pillow for bed. Otherwise, I'm going to to wake you up. Well, you did wake me up, so it was. was, Do you remember when we bought that pillow? Yeah, I think it was sold as a sex pillow, wasn't it? (laughs) No, we made it into a sex. Well, well, let's (laughs) let's provide some context around about that. (laughs) We bought it at at a very old lady's yard sale, and you made jokes all the way home about it being a sex pillow. It was our sex pillow, yeah. It's, you know. I'm sorry to see that sex pillow go. <laughs> Me and Humphrey, <laughs> we had some good times in that thing. Humphrey Bogart, that is. As he's falling out of the back of me. Etc, <laughs> etc. Et yeah. You get the idea. But it was very helpful when I had uh, major surgery. So Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Because that's exactly what we used it for. Major surgery, or recovering from major surgery. <laughs> Let's start this one again. 
I don't think we have time. I don't know if we have time or not. We, we get the podcast we deserve. <laughs> we get the Batman we deserve. Right. And the Horror With Nation Street. Vibranium coat. His what? His vibranium coat. Vibranium. Yes. So that's made up. It's 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 the made up metal that comes from Wakanda. <laughs> which is a made up country in Africa where the Black Panther is from. I thought that was Marvel. Yes. Batman's mo- not Marvel. No, Mar- Batman is DC, but I don't know enough so about... E- even I know that. Yeah, and I know it too, but I'm not well versed in made-up DC particles and metals and stuff because I prefer Marvel to DC. So, But and but in, 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 in mixing them... There have been crossover events, so it's possible for Batman to have some vibranium in his utility belt. It's not possible. (sighs) It's not possible because he's not real. In the made-up versions of the stories. And how do you know he's not real? How do we fucking get down (laughs) into Marvel again? (sighs) Broaden your horizons. I have. See other things. I actually, I have broadened my horizons because I've been watching a DC show all last No, week. I mean, <laughs> beyond all of that. And also, I spent a week watching music documentaries, which you can find out more about <laughs> if you listen to our other podcast, That's The List, the list of, of Lists. Podcast available. Yes. Dropping Mi- on midnight Monday. Midnight on Monday. There we go. There we go. That's our ad done. Yep. <laughs> Me being outraged and then... <laughs> Smoothly going into a list of lists. All coming back to me now. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, well. Which is a song I'm sure we'll eventually get to on the list of lists. We have an awful lot to get through this week. Yes, we do. I think I might need my Timbot 4000 stings. Yes. Yes, you will. (laughs) So let me just... Yes. And I have to refine my outrage voice. (laughs) Just find the right timber of outrage and confusion and anger, which is different from outrage. Shall we preamble then, my dear? Yes, please. Give us some of the... <laughs> That's far too obvious. <laughs> Give us some of that subnautical Cory News. How did you get subnautical out of all of that? We didn't, even, we didn't even talk about Namor. Anyway... Who? Oh, it's, we don't have enough time. Anyway, <laughs> here's Johnny. Where? Teaching in a forest school. What? <laughs> Richard Holly, in a recent interview, shared plans to volunteer and produce a documentary about the program. Combining play, mental health, and nature. The program being a forest school, which is, I think, what we call a Waldorf school here in America. Um, there's one near his house, apparently. And what uh, is that exactly? It's it's a school that integrates nature. It's like in a forest and integrates play and nature. And it's a very crunchy sort crunchy. of thing. Yeah. It sounds like a horror movie waiting to happen. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Oh, okay. Anyway, no word... On whether the students will be served chili con carne with or without rice. <laughs> See, that would be a documentary I'd watch. <laughs> <clears throat> the 
things got awkward on the set of BBC Breakfast when Charlie State apparently didn't know that Sally Ann Matthews has been on Corey on and off since the 80s. Say it properly. I don't know if I can with my At throat. least try. The 1980s. There we go. Thank you. Asking if she'd watched the show when she was young. Yes, Charlie, she did. From the set. <laughs> Fanny. Honest to God, do your research, man. Even we do that. We're not well, even sometimes. paid for this. <laughs> sometimes we selectively do not research just so our our listeners can oh, have something to respond oh, really? to. For, for, um, We're playing that card again. Yes, we are. In our cardigans. Deliberately incompetent. <laughs> Finally. Corey director Amanda Mealing revealed this week that she discovered that she was adopted at the ripe old age of 30. Apparently, a drunk relative blurted it out at a wedding. Oh. A sure argument for elopement, if ever I've heard one. Wow. And that's Corey News. I misunderstood that. I thought she got adopted when she was 30. No. But she found out when she was 30. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That, that her parents, you know, and apparently the family had always joked about the fact that she doesn't look like anybody else in the family, which I don't know if you want to keep an adoption a secret. That's the sort of thing you want to joke about in your family. But apparently, you know, this was going on at the wedding and some drunk uncle went, yeah, that's because you're adopted. Yuck, yuck. See, uncles, they know these um, these bits of information and they don't share them. No. My one was... Uh, not exactly crippled with Crohn's disease, but she had Crohn's disease and it did affect her quite a bit until mm-hmm. she realised that uh, dairy products kind of inflamed it. Right. So she cut out dairy products and she said to mm-hmm. Uncle Sammy, Right. You know, I haven't had milk or cheese or anything like that for months and my Crohn's is, is feeling fine. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you used, to, you used to have a huge problem with dairy stuff when you were a kid. Uh-huh. Well, that would have been good to know. Right, like, yeah. Like years ago. My dad didn't find out he was adopted until he was 20, so... And that was the thing that really messed them up. So if your kid is adopted, <laughs> tell them now. Well, I guess sometimes it just doesn't come up. <laughs> is that Corey News? Uh, I, yeah, and that's Corey News again. <laughs> just, just to be sure, that is Corey News. That is Corey News. Okay. <laughs> and now we will podcast for coffee. Thanks to our favourite, and I think everyone's favourite, Canadian librarian, Christy, for her very generous coffee buying antics this week. Woo-hoo! We'll be converting that and sending it on to Breast Cancer Research Foundation at the end of the month. And thanks also to Kirsten, who also uh, donated this week. Woo! Great cause, great podcast, she says. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. And I made some very rash bets on Twitter <laughs> on Wednesday. I bet 10 quid on a dramatic Stefan entrance in the sewers, which didn't happen. Aww. And 50 quid that the backpack of uh, ITV Corries would come flushing out uh, one of those tunnels. We, we did see it though this week. We did see it, but yeah. it didn't happen there. We saw it last so week too. But. I will be paying my owings or debts, which is probably a better word, Sure. Uh, to Breast Cancer Research Foundation at the end of the month. Yeah. That's where our coffee is going for the month of October, if you want to buy us next week's coffee, that's what we'll do with that money. Yes. You can go to ko-fi.com, that's ko-fi.com, slash the talk of the street. So I think that takes us 
above a hundred bucks now. Nice. Which is. What are you drinking your coffee out of? I am drinking my coffee out of my best fucking husband ever mug. Yes. Which I was doing yesterday. It, it, did you have a meeting with like a big boss yesterday? I had a, I had a big old meeting on Zoom. Yeah, and, and you were drinking, drinking out, out of that cup? Swe- out of a sweary mug. I think I might, I think I probably covered it up. <laughs> I had, I was like on screen for like five minutes. So, right. And what? I was talking during it, so I probably didn't have that mug in my hand. Five minutes is long enough to, to see a sweary mug. Right. But thank goodness you were wearing pants. Always. <laughs> Especially after it happened. <laughs> Not falling for that again. And now, this. Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver. Just enough time to quickly talk about Deliverance Without the Banjos. I seem to remember this. Was this when they went on that camping trip? No, that was a couple of years ago. What was Deliverance Without the Band? Uh, it was... It had something... Come on. <laughs> it had something to do with Brian. That's right, this was Ray's description of Weatherfield and its inhabitants <laughs> to Gary. It's like deliverance without the banjos. I do not miss him. This week I kind of miss him. <laughs> I was Gavin and you thought there were far too many penises in the news this week. It was a penis oh, heavy news cycle. And, and what if it was? Some guy flashing his penis during a Zoom meeting. Which I still don't understand how you do that. <laughs> Without deliberately wanting to do it, I think I think there I think he deliberately wanted to do it. Or wasn't he masturbating? Yeah, yeah, he he, yes. That's the one the masturbating. Now. Yes, yes, he had a he had a porn uh, site open on his other screen, and so was was doing double duty there. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember what the other penis was because there was more than one. There was a Zoom one, but then there was something else. Uh, was it, wasn't there a... I'm mired in penises at the moment. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> we were deep into bake-off season. I think oh. this was the first week of our YouTube channel. Ah, oh, bake-off. Bake-off's really good this year. I'm, I'm just so in love with Jürgen. Jürgen Klopp? No. Well, yes, I am in love with Jürgen Klopp as well, but um, Jürgen is the, is the little... Winnie the Pooh German guy on Bake Off this this season he speaks very softly in a German accent, and his name is Jürgen, and he, he plays trombone for his cats. I saw a, a few moments of Bake Off, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of foreign accents in it. Yes. And I thought, is this a world version? Yes, because there's also Giuseppe, who is Italian. <laughs> He's also adorable. He looks like Einstein. But Jürgen is my favourite. Todd shifts gears from being petrified of rubbish gangsters to basically annoying everyone he comes into contact with this week, getting Billy and his man bag into a right old tizzy. Gemma and Bernie do a power of needless shouting as a watered-down bottle of dish soap convinces everyone to successfully find new jobs in a seven-hour window. I remember that. At the behest of Ray Weinstein, Gary cajoles David into making a decision about number eight and its rapidly deteriorating sinkhole situation. This was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Rapidly. (laughs) 
despite there being more gangsters on the street these days than cobbles, Scott decides that the best person to help him pull a caper on the bistro is Johnny. Steve gets a break from Leanne by going to Germany to talk to Dr. Schmitz in the hope that he'll change his mind about Oliver's prognosis. Natasha needs Nick's bank details. Mary teaches Billy about Church of England exorcisms. And Tim is chased round his taxi by a disgruntled homosexual. <laughs> Our moment of the week was Gail urging Nick to start being honest to Leanne about Oliver's future or lack thereof. And our boring moment of the week was Billy not going to the Archdeacon interview and then going to the Archdeacon interview. <laughs> and that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street this time last year. Yes. <sighs> Shall we dive in, my dear? Uh, I guess, if we have to. So just to recap how we were going into this last week. I was quite excited about it. And you were not quite excited about it. Yeah. You were not quite excited about it because you were uh, scared or had concerns about who we were going to lose from the show. I am. I am in a. I'm in a camp with. Uh, with. With our dear friend Mersey Tart. In that. I'm. I'm much more about the character development, and interesting stories than I am about gimmicky cars going up in flames and holes opening up and and things you know i i prefer i prefer my soaps character driven not stunt driven mm-hmm. yeah because I, 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 I think it wasn't just the street that had a few sinkholes i think the plot had a few sinkholes as well didn't it <laughs> just just i uh, and it just it kept going that was relentless. You know, in this day and age, when we have we have the technology to do things well in in certain spheres and less well in other spheres, <clears throat> maybe maybe we keep those things to the to the places that have the money to do things really really well. <laughs> And off of soap operas, and this is this is not a this is not a diss to Coronation Street. This is the whole soap opera community at large. Because when and you know American soap operas have kind of steered away from doing corny stunts like they did in the eighties and the nineties. I think because of this, um, from what I've heard. <laughs> well, so I I don't know. So we were going. I at least was going into this week. With with some trepidation. You had some trepidation. Yeah. I, I was quite excited about it because yeah. it felt like we'd had two weeks of build-up. I feel like we're, we're, we're blowing our chips here a little bit. Mm. I felt um, with two weeks of kind of disjointed build-up as we kind of inched some stories along to right. to this part. And I was quite looking forward to the, the, the payoff that that, would, that yeah. would deliver. Yes, but it turns out that some of those, some of those inchings... We're red herrings. Yeah. All right. So anyway. Join us Let's- next week. <laughs> Let's dive in and uh, start with, and it's just one story. It's just really one story. It's just story. one story. I've tried you can, to. You can kind of separate maybe the Allahan stuff out a little bit. Even that I can't do. I can't really separate things out until Friday. So I've tried to group scenes together to try and give it some kind of narrative thread, but We'll see how good a job I've done of it. I expect not a great one. Hmm. But anyway, so on Monday, a storm is brewing over Weatherfield 
as the Dray Man delivers beers to Debbie's Horror Nation Street event. Yes. And Little Red Riding Hood plays in the background somewhere. Yeah, that's another staple of Super Soap because there has to be incidental music. Right. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> Debbie has <laughs> horny so devil horns. Kev plans to go in as a headless horseman. Ryan is particularly glum as DJ Death. And meanwhile, shit seems to be going down in the sinkhole in number eight's backyard. At home, Abby is checking her gun again, this time aiming it at a Halloween mask before putting it away. Oh, it was, no, it was Kev's head. Was it? It was a mannequin head. We get it. With with guts coming out. Abby's got a gun. Yeah. She Abby's writes, got a gun. Abby's got a gun. And what's the next line, Helen? Uh, the something has just begun and everybody is on the run. You're blown away. I think there's that in it as well, isn't there? Somewhere. Oh, that's that demonetised. <laughs> she writes a note to Kev to remind him to buy laundry detergent and a different kind of almond milk. Or maybe it's a confession, I'm not sure which. Right. Nina is cyber-stalking ITV Corey and sees his post that handily tells us that he's at home packing ahead of his big move to Germany. He's home alone. Mm-hmm. And he's <laughs> Trying his dad's aftershave and... <laughs> Plenty... Plenty paint cans along the balcony. <laughs> Roy reveals that... See, they should have done that. <laughs> Roy reveals that he saw Nina and Abby chatting and worries that they have revenge in mind. He urges Nina to do the right thing. ITV Corey hasn't changed her as much as she thinks he has. Now, Abby is watching the ITV Corey message and now she knows where ITV Corey is going to be all day and she heads out, leaving that note for Kev. Mm-hmm. That note has been left for Kev. Yes, it has let's, Kev's let's name note on it. That, right? It has his name on it. Kevin. Kevin. But yeah. inside, when she wrote it, she wrote Kev. Yeah. No, no dear. No, you're sincerely at the end of it. No. Abby's about to drive off when Nina demands to know where she's going and what's in that bag. She wants to help. She's changed what's her mind. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? <laughs> Abby has the upper hand. <laughs> No chance, says Abby, and she drives off, and Nina immediately gets on her phone. So Abby is sitting in her car outside ITV Corey's watching them take out the bins. She grabs her gun and is about to get out when the cops show up. There's been a report of a disturbance at ITV Corey's, and they go inside with them. All pig's tits, says Abby. Yeah, for some reason she thought it was a good idea to go and try to shoot him outside in plain daylight. In broad daylight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. nice plan there, Abby. In retrospect, that's probably what she should have done, though. <laughs> Meanwhile, in jail, Harvey approaches a bent screw looking to get his help into a van to get out of there. The screw tells him that you can't fake appendicitis these right. days because the medical staff are going yeah. to be all over that. The only way to get out is to create a bona fide medical emergency, like a broken bone. So Harvey runs into the wall with a boner and breaks his nose. Does no. he break his nose? No, he breaks his hand. He slams his hand against Does the wall. Does he break his hand? Because later on, <laughs> he seems to be able to handle a gun with both hands and climb out of a, a upended truck with both Spoiler. hands. Spoiler! <laughs> you settle down, we'll get there. This as is far not as the only know, injury that we're told happens that obviously... As far as we know, Harvey has broken his hand. <sighs> Then Shona is taking Sam this through the, the house of horrors that has Kirk as a mummy in a coffin. Made out of made out of knicker elastic. Yeah, so the factory is now out of knicker elastic. <laughs> that was quite funny. That was funny. Nick gets a call from Natasha who's stuck in traffic in that London because of the storm and might not make it back. 
I'd better go now, shouts Natasha. I've got traffic to sit in for hours on my own. Bye. Right. Sam's disappointed because now his costume won't make sense. Right. And also because mummies don't mummies don't sit in coffins. They sit in sarcophagi and there is no sarcophagi yeah. for, for Kirk to, to sit in. You see that corner over there, Sam? That's for people who share that. <coughs> Off you go and just stand in that corner for a wee bit. He's <sighs> a good boy. Leanne storms into Leanne. Leanne storms into Leanne's. Leanne storms into Toya's to shout at Imran and it comes out about Imran's infidelity with person or persons unknown. Leanne thinks Toya is being a doormat, but Toya insists that he's out on his fucking ear as soon as Elsie leaves. Also, Harvey's appeal is dead in the water, which calms Leanne somewhat. So Harvey, Elsie, who sleeps through this whole episode with a with a big beaming smile on her face, right, with nobody else. <laughs> Harvey is loaded into a prison van by the bent screw, who fails to lock him in the back before jumping up front with the driver. Well, that was kind of convenient as well. The the one bent screw is the guy who's helping to transport Harvey to right, okay, right, and also that. <laughs> And all of this. <laughs> <laughs> All hands are packing their car. Asha calls shotgun, but Addy claims it's citing that Asha has ruined enough of this trip already. So Asha gives in and heads into the back. And after some time during this storm, by the which point it's kind of pissing it down, right? The Allahans are on back roads in the rain because Dave wants to avoid the motorways because apparently there's been a big accident, which is what we think Natasha is. Right, being held yeah, up the in. traffic's all backed up because of the storm. Asha's being annoying in the back. She wants to go home because it's wet. They're going to a hotel. What? Uh, anyway. Don't and, even get me started on, and, on Asha. And she's winding Addy up as Dev barks at them to calm down. And as his attention is distracted to the back seat, he runs over a fallen branch and the car now has two okay. flat tyres, which means that he can't replace both of them because he's only got one spare. Right. Meanwhile... Johnny, whose employment status at the factory is unclear, is at the factory <laughs> with news for Carla. He's moving to Indonesia. He wants to go and join Kate. Johnny clearly hasn't thought of the humidity <laughs> or the fact that Kate's going to be there. He has nothing to hang around for. And Carla says, thanks a lot, pal. Right. Carla worries that he's only running away because of Jenny. He insists not. He's off to Bali to live like a king. Sure. That worried me. I think I think what he meant was it's cheaper to live there, not the other thing. Right. It's Johnny we're so talking Johnny's about. Johnny's taking a dark turn. <laughs> In the Rovers, Peter tries to convince Carla that Johnny moving is a good idea, but she doesn't buy it and she goes to speak with Jenny, telling her about Johnny's plans. Then Carla meets up with Johnny in the pop-up beer tent and asks him along to the House of Horrors, which reminds Johnny of a story about chili con carne without rice <laughs> that amuses... <laughs> Everyone. Timbot4000 says who eats chili con carne without rice. Welcome back, Timbot. All Americans. Yeah, that was that was a weird, weird detail, him telling Carla the story that she can't remember. I kept thinking in the back of my mind that he was he was confusing Carla with Kate, that it was actually Kate. Because how much of Carla's childhood did she spend with Johnny? Not very much. Right? <laughs> He's proud of Carla because of everything that she is. She's a good person. 
Tonight is about celebrating, but then he looks all sad when Jenny comes in to meet with Sinkhole Leo. Back to Abby. She's come home now, and Nina drops in to see how she got on. Abby explains and susses that Nina was the one who called the cops. So Abby heads off again, and Nina stands in her way. Give me the gun or shoot me, but I'm calling the police. So Abby hands Nina a bag and tells her that the gun's in it and tells her to get rid of it. And at this point, I'm thinking, grab the note. But she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. She comes back to the house where the note is. Oh, maybe she thinks she's going to, she's still going to, she's still going to do it. So she might as well just leave the note there instead of taking it off and putting it back on. Think of that. Though you're writing that you're going to kill somebody. You leave the note thinking that you're never going to see the note again. You come back and you see the note. Yeah. I think you get rid of the note, don't you? Or you write a new one, or you do something, but you at least acknowledge the note. Right. Because the note is really just screaming at you about right. yeah. what you're about to do. Yeah, Oof. sure. But she doesn't. No. She doesn't even think about it until much, much later. Yes. On the street, ITV Corey is there accusing Nina or Abby of calling the cops. Nina tells him to fuck off, and he puts on a wolf mask. All in good time, he says, and then he goes, Ooh. Yeah, see, so ironically, the thing that Nina did to try to save his life has now put his life in jeopardy again. Because if she hadn't made that phone call, the cops wouldn't have gotten called and he wouldn't have come to the street to with, rile them up. With a mask. Yeah. To hang out at the Horror Nation Street with his mates. Yeah. Even though he was going to be spending the whole day in the, in the house packing for his Well, I'm sure trip. he had the mask lying around. I mean, we have a million masks lying around our house. From Halloween's past and other things. It was 1945 that I bought that six below. <laughs> anyway. And, uh, he had a plan. He's now not sticking to that plan. Correct. Anyway. Mm. Nina gets to an empty Royal Rolls and opens up the bag that Abby gave her and finds a gun, all right. But it's a glue gun. What? What? Yeah. Um... Question: How was how was Abby able to magic the gun out of the bag and get and magic the newspaper and the glue gun into the bag? And I've held a gun, and I've held a glue gun. Has Nina though? I'm sure she's held a glue gun, and I'm sure she knows that a uh, that a gun is supposed to be heavy because guns are heavy. Guns are heavy. Guns are heavy. That's the first thing you notice about guns. Yeah, the weight of them, you know, both physical and metaphorical, even. And there's a big difference. Nina doesn't notice us and screams <laughs> to the skies, Abby! <laughs> Abby, though, is at the Horror Nation Street with a gun. Right, and that at, she has magicked out of the bag. And because, uh, because ITV Corey is a wolf, Abby has to be... Little Red Riding Hood. And because we've been playing the song Little Red Riding Hood. As she follows the wolf, ITV Corey, into the pop-up bar. Convenient. Uh, I found that a little on the nose. I think that was the point. A little too on the nose? Hmm. Meanwhile, back on the road, the bent screw is wrestling with the van driver and they plough in at the back. What was the plan there? What was the plan there? We're going to drive 
And then I'm going to attack the guy who's driving and overpower him and mm-hmm. switch seats with him while we're driving yep. and then drive you to the airport. Yeah. What, yeah. what what was what was the plan there? <laughs> what is going on? Tell the guy to stop because you got to take a whiz. Yeah, that would have been simpler. <laughs> and then open the wheel. You're out taking a whiz. Open the back. Let Harvey out. Well, it doesn't need to open the back. The back's not locked. Well, no. The, the you know, I'm sure like the back back is locked. I don't think so. But who knows? There's, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> so. It's something Helen shouts for the first time, but definitely not for the last. Oh. William Shatner all of a sudden. That's not to say that William Shatner. That's to say the man William Shatner. <laughs> Nobody Shatner nothing. Not yet. You think he did in space? So anyway, the plowing to the back of Dev's car before going on to hit the verge and flip onto its side. Right. Then like Michael Myers, Harvey escapes the overturned van and climbs out on its side because it's on its side, so it's really the roof. Handcuffed and with a broken hand, but sure. Handcuffed with a broken hand and having been not secured in the truck with no safety belt, no nothing. He's got a head injury, I think, hasn't he? He's got a little bit of jam on his forehead and his temple. Yeah, see, that's why I thought he had broken his nose and not his hand in the in the jail oh, to no, get no, out. All, his hand's all bandaged up because it's broken and that's going to help. So. Yes, yes. So the guy with the broken hand who was not secured in the back of the truck. We've got so much to get through. Is the one guy who's able to exit the truck. In Dev's car, everyone is unconscious as Kev arrives in the scene in his recovery truck. And he investigates the prison van and Harvey takes him from behind. But not like that. Knocking him out. <laughs> How? His hand is broken and he's handcuffed. Well, maybe it's not broken. Maybe it's just well, it, bruised and that's why I, he's going to the hospital. Harvey uses Kev's what phone. What is going on? <clears throat> he holds Kev's phone to Kev's face to get it to unlock, which is a, an unusually <laughs> appropriate touch. To call an associate, tell him to get the, the plane ready because Harvey's got a plane now. Yeah. And then he needlessly smashes Kev's phone, cuts yeah. himself free with the cutters in the recovery van and drives off. Right. We assume to the airport because he's just told the guy to get the plane ready. Mm-hmm. Because apparently not only does he have a plane, but he has guys there at the airport right now to get the plane ready. Mm-hmm. At Weatherfield Airstrip or whatever. Today. Because I assume he's not flying out to Manchester International. So, back on the street, Nina frantically tries to find Abby. Roy comes along wanting to know what's going on. She tells him to find Abby or ITV Corrie and to be careful. So Roy puts up his brolly. <laughs> and it's actually... Oh, I was kind of embarrassed at this bit. As a hooded Abby wanders around inside the bar that's crowded with people as Ryan plays apropos music. And she follows a wolf outside and demasks him, but it's, it's, it's Danny. her Danny. ITV Corey and one of his mates try to give Amy and Summer a fright in the pop-up. Amy wants ITV Corey to drop dead. Summer wonders if ITV Stefan can come to save him, and then they leave him to it. ITV Corey's mate takes the piss out of him, so ITV Corey goes into the House of Horrors on his own as the generator goes out, seemingly stolen. 
In the House of Horrors, Kirk makes ITV Corey shut himself like a baby. <laughs> ITV Corey pretends that he wasn't scared by insulting Beth, who he somehow knows. Then he spots Little Red Riding Hood and goes to try it on as Abby reveals herself, but not like that, mm-hmm. telling him it's time to pay. Yes. Back at the car crash. <sighs> back at Dev's car crash. <laughs> Should be more specific. Addy has come round and wakes up Dev, coughing with the smoke in the car. Addy is trapped and Asha has passed out in the back. The smoke is getting worse. But Dev gets out. Addy's begging for help, but Dev focuses on Asha. Addy says if he lets them out, then they can both help Asha. But this bit of common sense falls on deaf ears. Right. And not only does not only does he help Asha. But, get, you know, not only does he, you know, pick up Asha, but he wakes her, he somehow wakes her up and tries to help her to walk yep. instead of just picking her up, putting her on the ground. Throwing and then, her on the ground. And then going and getting the better of his children out of that car and saving that precious life. <sighs> Fucking Asha, man. <laughs> So Dev gets the door open and pulls Asha to safety. As he carries her away, we see that there's a fire under the car. And just as Dev turns to go back to Addy, the car blows up twice. And at that point, we think Addy is fucked. Yeah, and... This is one of two really unfortunate things for for me this week. And unfortunate is probably not the right word for it inconsequential no you know um one of my one of my closest friends earlier or in september there was a car crash in front of her house where oh yeah i remember where the woman was stuck Mm -hmm. in in the car and the baby wasn't it yeah and there was there was a child in the back that they could not find because of the because of the airbags right and they could not get the woman out. And my friend watched this woman and her child burn to death in the car. Yeah. So <laughs> I still have that that conversation in my head. And it was just it was it was one of two things that just made this week not the entertainment that I think Coronation Street expects people to to take from 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 this so well i don't think your experience is necessarily no. coronation street's fault but no no <clears throat> but still it was just like this is this is not something i want to be you know i don't want addy to ever be in jeopardy but it was also just like oh god this is just because i drive by that 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 half dead tree mm. now all the time and it's like this is not this is not fun for me Back in the street, Leanne and Nick are in the pop-up as Leanne gets her sixth message from Debbie. Nick wants Leanne to get a costume for a family thing and agrees to let Nick take care of it. Ronnie gets to the bistro and explains to Debbie that the generator has been stolen just as the lights start to flicker. Leanne goes to call the Sparky as Nick drops off the costume for her. Who would Nick a fucking generator in this weather because now it's blown a gale and pissing it down. Ryan and Ronnie move a table and discover that there's a small but deep-looking hole in the ground that swallowed up the generator. With a, with a convenient... There were... With convenient cuts of the board, it's not like even any of the other sinkholes that we see this week. Because, like, there are the wooden planks there. I was completely confused and, by that. And the, 
it, it, it's like that, that hole must have been there already. It looks like and it's then, a manhole, but it's like the cover's dropped in on it, I think somebody said. So it was like a manhole that lost its cover or something. Yeah, manholes sure. typically, the covers for manholes are typically larger than the manhole so that this doesn't happen. Yeah, but if the middle of it kind of crumbles, I don't know. Who knows? This but is the it, least of the bother, right? Well, yes, but it, it just, it's one of those little things that just adds up to the whole incredulity of this right. whole week. Incredulity, yeah. Yes. Leah has dressed up as Morticia. I as use she, big words. As she calls Aleki, and when she turns around, Harvey is there with the bolt cutters, interested in having a word with her. This is all in the bistro, right? Yes, yeah. that's in the bistro. Yeah, and... Yeah, that was rather, that was rather an, an intimate scene, wasn't it? With their with their faces so close together. Oh, yeah, I think there's more of that on Wednesday that I, I mentioned. ITV Corey says that he has nothing to pay for, so suck it up, Abby. Abby's met some scum in her life, but doesn't hate anyone as much as she hates ITV Corey. He leaves her and wanders further into the House of Horrors, and Abby follows on. He sneaks up on her and slams her into a wall. She pulls the gun on him. He calls her bluff, telling her it's fake. And so she shoots a mirror. And ITV Corey shits himself for the second time in as many hours. Oh, is that one of Seb's toys? Or is it from Seb's toy box? Mm-hmm. He's just so insufferable. Yeah. Even in the face of, of death. So he insists his innocence over and over. And Abby takes far too long as she ponders over her bottle. So that literally the ground beneath her feet disappears. <laughs> And they're like and they, cartoon characters they who've in, lost their... They run in place in lost the happy air, thoughts. Like, like Scooby and Shaggy, and then fall. <laughs> and Muttley. Roy finds Nina in the pop-up and warns her that he thinks he heard a gunshot. Oh yeah, says Nina, that'll be Abby, she's got a gun now. Roy is shocked that Nina... <laughs> Roy is shocked that Nina kept his secret and goes off to call the fuzz. Why would you do that to me when I have liquid in my mouth? In a subterranean sewer, Abby and the ITV Corey are lying injured on the ground. Abby looks like she's broken a leg or something. Or a gun her arm. is by There's her like... side as bricks fall in from the sides of the hole. And it's a set that has lots of running water pouring into it. Yes. Which and, I actually and, found quite impressive. And electric electric wires snapping. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a very dangerous set. Yep. <sighs> it makes me wonder about the the logistics of putting something like that in place with, with all that water because there's a huge amount of water that's mm. pouring into it just all the time right and then there's even more at, at, at certain points right and that was monday on wednesday itv Corey and abby come round in the sewers bits of concrete and brick but are still like falling into the hole and there's some very ripe dialogue between the two of them as itv Corey gets to his feet and tries to climb out just as more bricks start coming down well we assume it was ripe <laughs> well I, I, the downside of having so much running water on the set was it was really difficult to hear what was going on yeah the sound editing in all of the water scenes were just not great and the water scenes and then the and, the rain yeah and all the scenes in the rain and all well which is i guess well, rain I guess is water, water scene. Yeah, yeah. i guess so yeah, the, the sound editing was just... It's hard to pop the subtitles on yeah. and then I kind of wish that I hadn't. <laughs> like, oh, really? You're evil. You're, you're pure evil. Oh. 
This was written by Jonathan Harvey, who normally has, he's got a great ear. Mm-hmm. I love his dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was on Wednesday. Just it just wasn't landing for me. No. And it, I and I guess in this this storyline, I just found myself not caring about it. I just didn't care because right. I think this is a storyline where we've had Seb kicked to death, Nina kicked unconscious. We've had you know the trial and everything has been kind of. Supposed, you know, mm-hmm. it's been true to life. It's been true to, and and has a, a mirror with real life events. Mm-hmm. We're resolving this in a subterranean sewer. I was just kind of not that I was a hundred percent on board with the storyline anyway, but I felt that it kind of deserved a bit better than that. This this is not this is not the only story that I feel that way about. Mm. So anyway. Back at Roy's Rolls, Nina stops Roy from calling the police. We don't know that Abby has definitely killed ITV Corey, so let's just settle down, right. says Nina. And this seems to convince Roy, and he goes off to find her, telling Nina to stay put. Back in the hole, more stuff's fallen down, and there's electrical sparks here and there, and ITV Corey spots the gun, grabs it while Abby's uh, incapacitated. Not so fucking brave now, are you, love? He says. Abby taunt- taunts ITV Corey to pull the trigger, Confirm to everyone what we already know. You're pure evil, says Abby, uh, awkwardly. ITV Corey is in the middle of explaining what a serial killer is, <laughs> when thankfully some more masonry falls into the hole, hits him on the head, and knocks him out again. Yeah. That... God of plot saying, eh, you yeah. shut up for a wee bit now. Yeah. Yes, because because Abby calls him a serial killer, and he's like, technically, well, serial killer has to kill three people. Right. Which right there is a confession. Is it? Yeah, because he's confessing that he's killed two. Is he or is he just delivering what the definition of serial killer is? Well, he's he's just correcting her that he need, he would need to kill one more person. I would take that as a confession. But anyway. Well, that's you. Oi. So Abby gets a gun back and they start up again with the shitty insults and Abby demands the truth. Meanwhile. And, and Corey says, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> No truth handler skills have you. Back on the road. I did what I had to do. <laughs> in the accident. Death <sighs> finds Addy somehow on the road, safely away from the car, but unconscious as the remaining prison guard comes along to the party. Right. Okay. So one of the prison guards has been able to finally, you know. Get out of that van. Get out of that. Yeah. Get out of that truck. And it's a good one. Right, it's a good one, not the bad one. So I guess we're assuming the bad one is dead? Presumably. Because <laughs> we never see or hear from him again. Nope. And he's not taken away in an ambulance. Nope. What I'm assuming has happened is that Addy was finally able to find the door handle. Because that was the problem. He couldn't find the door handle because of all the smoke. And then just as he w- had f- opened the door things exploded and it blew him out but not like that but it 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 didn't blow him out towards the forest where his where his door was pointing somehow in midair his body pivoted into the road this with, this happens i'm led to believe with no but with mid-air no pivots with uh no burns no see that's why i think that he managed to just get out before the explosion because he's, he doesn't, he isn't burnt in any way. Right, but he, but he is injured somehow. 
Is that injuries from the car crash? Because he didn't, he seemed the least injured of everybody because he wakes up first. Andy did a shot of him in the car before the explosion of him not not getting out necessarily, but seeing him struggle and see exactly. I thought he was trapped in because his legs were broken, is what I thought for large portions of that. There, There were so many. There were so many instances where just one more scene would have helped fill in the blanks. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So, Dev establishes that Addy is breathing, but no one can get a signal on the phone. Asha reckons it's because it's raining a bit. Everyone must be dialing 999 for a weather update or something. Well, Dev pretends to be the doting father to an unconscious Addy. Meanwhile, the screw goes to check on Kev. Who, that's not who, the screw! Who everyone has forgotten about. It's, it's the good guy. He's still a screw. What is screw supposed to mean? Well, how? Well, you tell me because you just told me that he isn't one. Well, I thought that a screw was somebody who is working for both sides. No, it's just a prison guard. Why do you call a prison guard a screw? Because that's what they call them. Oh. you never seen Prisoner Cell Block H? Apparently not. Apparently not. So anyway, yeah, everyone's forgotten about Kev. Apart from this, he's been knocked unconscious and has been unconscious for quite some time. I can't. So thought, he's I, probably got some brain damage or I, something. I thought he was dead. Yeah. That, that we're going to when we finally realise that. Oh wait a minute, where's Kev? He's still unconscious for this long. That's not a good sign. And also, how convenient was it that <laughs> Harvey was able to get a signal, but no one else. Ambulances finally arrive and everyone goes off to the hospital to get checked out. Kev's sitting up, so he's fine now. Well. <laughs> well, sure. Dev tells Asha to tell Debbie what's happened. Meanwhile, Harvey wants Sharon's number from Leanne. <laughs> Leanne, like the audience, asks, why the fuck would she have Sharon's <laughs> number? He grabs her phone and decides, decides to text Simon and Toya instead. Well, send no, first, te- first he says... Oh, well, that's right. Well, give it. Give me your phone so I can call her. And then he stares at the phone and says, I don't know her number either. And I'm like, is this supposed to be scary and tense? He sends a text to Toya and Simon that says, come bistro now, problem X. Because he's, boom, a, boom. he's a four-year-old child. There's also a rather nasty undertone that Harvey may end up raping Leanne, I thought. Or that he has the hots for her, you know, and in, in, in another time, we could have been together. Well, we thought that yeah. months ago. Right, yeah. So this is chemistry that we noticed before yeah. from both of them. Because she she seems, I don't know, she's terrified. Right. But but Don't go all straw dogs on me here. <laughs> there did seem to still be, because she doesn't shoot, she doesn't shoot back anything at him about that she's just kind of shivering there and it was kind of sexy oh i'm surprised it was a that. little sexy toya because sees, i knew i knew leanne was safe toya sees simon meandering through the beer tent they both got leanne's text and they find it a little bit demanding so fuck her they say and weird and we're going to have a drink instead before we do anything about it meanwhile leanne needs a shite harvey isn't about to accommodate until leanne tells him that she that if he can guard the door just she needs yeah. to go and 
Yeah. Just lavatory. Yes. So she gets up and makes a stupid move for the phone. So Harvey starts wrapping her up. Oh, is that what she did? Yeah, I thought so. I thought she just got up and started walking away. And then he freaked out and piled her down. No, she made a a dive for something. Did she? It was was so dark. I couldn't tell. Again, this was... This is problems, right? <coughs> and this is even before the lights go out again, because uh, the lights are on, sort of, aren't they? They're dimmed. Oh, it's like a brownout. Right. But not like that. That was what Leanne wanted to go do. <laughs> in the beer tent, Leanne. Nope. In the beer tent, Ryan spots Leo with Jenny and asks him to help investigate the hole that swallowed up his generator. And this lets Jenny bring up Johnny's leaving. She thought they were aces now, and Johnny realises that they are, and he should have said something. She doesn't want to drive him away. David and Shona are off to the beer tent but spot Leo and Ryan at the generator hole. Leo wants to have a look into David's hole. <laughs> like that. And evacuate the area just to be safe. So Ryan and Kirk go back to the beer tent and try to get people to leave but then the mayor from Jaws comes out and tells everyone that everything's fine and will remain open. And it's just, it's just a play. It's immersive theatre. Right. So no one goes nowhere. Later, Debbie is with Toya and Simon when she gets the call from Asha about Kev just as Roy turns up and asks about Abby. So there's Debbie, Toya, Simon, Asha, Kev and Roy in that sense. And Abby. Seven people in that sense. Kirk remembers that ITV Corey was in the House of Horrors. He may be in grave danger, says Roy. He, <laughs> he may be in grave danger, says Roy. Oh, just... Why are you putting terrible words into Roy's mouth? He goes off to find him. Toy and Simon are further delayed by Debbie having a panic attack. Meanwhile, at home, Imran gets a call from Sabine letting them know that Harvey has escaped from prison and by the way, she might have blamed his appeal being fucked on Toya. <laughs> so Imran calls Toya and tells her about Harvey. And at the bistro, Harvey's getting impatient waiting on Toya and Simon. Leanne tries to talk him into leaving because the cops are sure to be on their way. So Harvey tapes up her mouth to shut her up. And then the power goes out. And when it comes back on, Leanne's done a runner. (laughs) Out the back door. Because Harvey is just impossibly awful. Even though she's wearing a Morticia dress. Which, let's remember, Morticia's dress from the Adams family. And how narrow it is at the feet. Oh yeah, uh, with her hands bound and her face bound, yep, she's able in that short period of time to go out the back, Jack. Yeah, I thought that the the the, the binding of her head against the wig would probably make it quite easy to dislodge. Right. Well, her hands are tied but, yeah, too. So. Tied so she hides in Horror Nation Street while Harvey. An utterly shite villain tries and fails to find her. Remember that he is a kingpin of this drugs operation here. He has underlings that could be doing all this while he sits on a plane and sips uh, champagne. Mm, right. And while teenagers dance to Creedon's Clearwater Revival's Bad Moon. Yes. <laughs> for, for, where do we find these teenagers that... People in their 60s don't even dance to that song. <laughs> I was going... <laughs> Leanne and Harvey move through the carnival part of the Horror Nation Street. People complimenting Leanne on her fab costume. Right? <laughs> it's so great that you have duct tape over your mouth. What? And look like you've been crying. <laughs> this is all excellent. And your hands are bound. Mm-hmm. 
She doesn't seem to be making much of an effort to uh, change their opinions. <laughs> Meanwhile, Toya and Simon finally get to the bistro, but by this point, Leanne is long gone. Yes. Back underground now. So ITV Corey finally admits that he killed Seb, but it was an accident. How was he to know that kicking someone repeatedly in the head would kill them? And he offers her 20 quid to let him go. Then he apologises. Abby is about to pull the trigger when Roy shouts on her from the top of the hole, Stop this madness! Right. Meanwhile, Abby pulls a uh, Inigo Montoya and tells ITV Corey, (laughs) I want my son back, you son of a bitch! Roy reminds her that she's not a killer like that shitbag ITV Corey. Oi! Shouts ITV Corey, which which actually made me laugh. Yes. Abby breaks down and drops a gun, curls into a ball and sobs for her lost son. Roy takes off his jacket and throws it down to pull ITV Corey out. I'm not sure how. I was like, there's, there's got to be something. There's got to be like a pole or something. There's got to be something. Nope, Roy's and jacket. How how is Roy's jacket long enough to get all the way down there enough for ITV Corey to pick it up? And how what is that what is that coat made of? Is it made of vibranium where where he's oh, able enough to for your pull? vibranium sheet. <laughs> I I could have said adamantium, but anyway. Whose coat is so well made that it can pull the weight of an adult? Out of a hole. man. Not Kev's. I'll tell you that much. Not Kev's. A muscular adult man. Let's Mm -hmm. let's remember. You know, he's... He's an athlete. Right. This... Here's my jacket, says Roy. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) What am I meant to do with this? But no, it's enough. Grab to the sleeve. It's enough to pull pull ITV Corey out. What? He's not in a good mood when he gets out and announces it will be pressing charges. Roy tosses down his jacket again, but Abby doesn't see the point. Yeah, yeah. Roy says to him, go get help. And ITV Corey is basically like, fuck you. Fuck you. It's like, why was Corey the first person that you tried to get out of there, Roy? I mean, I understand Abby is curled up in a ball, but you could have said, Abby, grab the coat. And when ITV Corey tried to do it, you could have said, not you, you asshole. Women first. Which is a Roy thing to say. ITV Corey admitted it and she still couldn't pull the trigger, says Abby. She's let Seb down and Roy tells her about Kev being in the hospital. Abby thinks Kev's better off without her. What about Jack, you selfish cow? And this stirs Abby into action. But someone on Rosman Street must flush the toilet. (laughs) Or let's face it, it's Craig. (laughs) And she's hit by a deluge of water from the pipes knocks her over and the gun floats away yes the gun floats away so abby comes round again and with the aid of roy's magic jacket manages to climb out of the hole well thank fuck for that says roy now never do that to me again and that uh, was nice that was a lovely week. yeah but i didn't i didn't like all of roy's speech though to to abby like you know, you're going to turn your back on this man who stood by you all this time. Like, and it's like, are what? You, are you talking about Kev? Are we talking about the same guy here? Kev who couldn't identify her from 10 feet away? That guy? <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, at the number eight sinkhole, David asks Leo if he thinks the sinkhole on the other side of the fence 
is somehow connected to his, Leo can't be sure. <laughs> so David asks to have another look at his ID. Leo shuts down the garden and the house. It just isn't safe. He tells David to go tell Ryan to evacuate the beer tent. No one is listening to David or Ryan except Jenny who rushes off. So, yeah, because she's worried about Leo. Leo. Amy and Summer still think it's part of the show, but eventually there's a big crash from the House of Horrors and it changes everyone's minds. So Jenny ends up in Number 8's garden looking for Leo, ignoring Shona's pleading for her to fuck off away from the hole. Wasn't it, wasn't it Ronnie who finally was able to shout everybody to leave? I think so. Yeah. The ground opens up and swallows her whole. But not like that. And the rest of her. <laughs> At the hospital. It looks like Addy is going to be okay. A frantic Debbie. How? <laughs> a frantic Debbie comes in and interrupts Dev's chat with the doctor. Where's Kev? She demands. How is he? And we never find out. Leanne is about to slide into the house of horrors when she bumps into Harvey sliding out. He's complaining about I the, like that. He's complaining about the weather because he really is such a shit villain. <laughs> the house of horrors facade falls over, missing him. It's my lucky day, he says. And, like, then, and then he falls into the generator sinkhole like a total fucking idiot. It's it's that wasn't the generator hole, was it? I, I think so. It, I think so. Or it was another hole, just another I think hole. There was another. I could, because it because it it opens up underneath him because he does the whole. Running in place and then falling. <laughs> yeah, the whole facade falling. It was it were, it was reminiscent of the the factory collapse when that wall collapsed around Abby. Remember that? Well, I was thinking about Buster Keaton. Well, that too, but Buster Keaton was never in Coronation Street. No, not that we know of. <laughs> Hindsight Corner next week might be fun. <laughs> so. Finally, the police arrive and shepherd everyone out, including Toya and Simon, who have finally found Leanne as she explains what happened. Weirdly, a figure in a ghost costume moves through the carnival and is ignored by everyone. And And at this point, I'm thinking, (coughs) okay, this is interesting. And we've seen, because we we saw that figure in the ghost costume earlier when Leanne was trying to get away. Correct. Yeah. We never find out who it is. No. And it's never mentioned again. Yeah, and somebody has said that it's not anything. Yeah, Duncan Lindsay from uh, Metro, he's a soap editor on the Metro newspaper. He said, sorry, burst everyone's bubbles here, but that was just there for atmosphere. And I'm like, really? Because no. it was like five seconds of this guy very deliberately moving through past the police right. cars. That, who we that also has no. Saw, who we also saw by Leanne earlier. And the camera seemed to linger on this ghost. Right. So that has quite no some time observing was, Leanne and seeming to know that Leanne is in trouble but not doing anything. Right. So that had had no significance. You think it's at Sharon? All. Well, people thought it was Sharon. People thought it was Jacob. Jacob thought it was Jacob. That that plays Jacob. He just. He thought that was him. He no. Well, he didn't think it was him, but he posted it and then just did a little emoji of a couple of eyes, which made people think it was him. Which. Wouldn't have made a huge amount of sense, but it would have been a payoff from that because that was actually a genuinely interesting, uh, interesting thing scene that happened, and it was yeah. a little unsettling just right. seeing this figure that you don't know. Yeah, it was a little creepy, right? Yeah, but then they'd done nothing with it. I was like, "What a waste!" Uh, don't get me started on the waste. So Leo comes out asking where Jenny went. He's not the brightest bulb in the toolbox, but. 
she's one of four people who have fallen down a hole during this week so far. Right. Meanwhile, Carla's in the rovers looking for Johnny. When Johnny comes wandering in, he gives her a telling offer telling Jenny that he's leaving, but they quickly make up and decide to meet for a drink later to say cheerio in that. Mm-hmm. And that is not foreboding in the slightest. Yeah. Outside, Leo is moving people away from Coronation Street onto Hollyoaks. Nina sees commotion. <laughs> Nina sees commotion and runs off, presumably to find Roy, while J- Johnny learns about Jenny falling into the hole. So number Didn't eight, go down the hole. So number eight's garden, Leo explains how there are bridges out all over the city. It's been a bit of a disaster this storm. And he and Johnny waggle their dicks about a bit. Who cares the most about Jenny? Leo goes off to speak to the fire brigade people who have just arrived. While Johnny people decides, who are qualified to go down the hole and save her. While Johnny decides that he'll deliver this baby. And without rope or ladder, he climbs down the hole. With only a flashlight from Shona, who says, rightly... I'm fitter than you. I'll go down. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you don't love her the way I do. A man in his 60s with MS. Rolls up his sleeves. A man in his 60s with MS. Nina catches up with Roy and Abby just as ITV Corey arrives with a copper. This woman who has just cheated death announces Roy grandly. ITV Corey wants her lifted for nearly killing him. Abby wants to go check on Kev, but she and ITV Corey are taken down the station, and Roy, who can't get a minute's peace, goes off to see how Kev's doing. Right, because all of these police officers who should be helping with search and rescue, and also finding the escaped convict who is dangerous, and who has killed and will kill again. Has he killed? I'm sure he has. <laughs> will he kill again? Maybe. Well, he... Yes. Um... <laughs> They can take their time to listen to this bratty guy. <laughs> they could take uh, and and not only listen to him and take his statement, but take but find Abby and take both of them down to the police station. Presumably together. While all of this, while while there's an escaped convict on the loose, <laughs> who has beef. The gun, and meanwhile, is in the sewer system. Barley, and it meets the river. Which again, our, our friend Mercy Tart pointed out, wait a minute, that pipe seems to be just going over the footpath. The exit to this, this sewer seems to be over a public footpath. None of this makes sense. <laughs> Leanne has been treated at an ambulance when, after a confusion... Leanne has been treated at an ambulance when, after a confusing conversation with David, she wonders if Harvey has survived us. Who's Harvey, says David. That was quite funny. Please let him be dead, begs Leanne. But he isn't. He's washed along the sewer system behind the gun and spat out right at it. And after a bit of palaver, he grabs a gun and stands up. And at this point, we have this week's hard debate. It's a hard debate. How the fuck did this happen? That's us two-thirds of the way through Corey's Super Soap Week troops, I said. So what noise best describes your thoughts of it? So far, this is a little temperature check, like two-thirds of the way through. Was it oofed? Was it meh? Was it ugh? Or was it huh? What? You didn't include? You've got to be fucking kidding me. That's not really a noise. So, (laughs) meh got 16.3%. Huh? Got 24.5%. Ugh. Got 28.6%. But oofed got 30.6%. So, so it's close. It's, it's, I th- I, I it's think all very close. But what what 
what this tells me is that 30.6% of the people that responded were enjoying it and immensely. S- and 70% were not. And 70% weren't. Or, with, or, or, with around about 30% as well going, this is actively bad. <laughs> yeah, some of those may have been confused. That whole, the gun coming out of that pipe and then Harvey coming out of that pipe. And Craig shit coming out of that pipe. That was just, that was, that was me saying, again, you've got to be fucking kidding me when we've seen, and from what we've seen of the underground here, that shouldn't be able to happen that you just very easily get shot out somewhere. Yeah, it's not a Nile cruise that you're on. No, no, there's a lot of twists and turns and very narrow pipes going into the very big pipe at the end. It's not all very big pipe. And also, I can. I, we've pointed out already that a gun is a very heavy thing. Mm-hmm. A gun has weight. Guns don't typically float. No, I don't imagine so, it floats. It's not like an apple. So, so it's it's beyond the ken that a gun has floated out but then a massive over six foot muscly gangster mm-hmm. also floats out of not an awful lot of water what is going on here you just are having trouble suspending your disbelief that's what i think on Friday. I love superhero movies. Suspending my disbelief is not the problem here. On Friday, and I can split it into now the strands. So on Friday, Leanne can't get a hold of Nick and wants to go to the <sighs> flat to check on him. But Toya thinks that's a stupid idea, given that Harvey might not be dead. He's not the Terminator, says Leanne. Imran <laughs> says that he'll go. You're not the Terminator either, says Toya. Well, <laughs> it's either Leanne or me, says Imran, ignoring Simon, who's trying to make himself look small. <laughs> I'll be back, says Imran. And at that point, I think, well, that's Imran dead. We don't see Imran again, do we? We don't see Imran again. We don't know where Imran went. Meanwhile, there's this huge plot hole that Imran has fallen into because he went he went to Victoria Gardens to find Leanne. And Victoria Court. Victoria Court, whatever. And don't (laughs) you whatever me. And we never see him again. He's not on the way. He's not inside. He's nowhere. There's some weird kind of time thing happening between the bistro and the Victoria Court flats, but we will get to that. Meanwhile, at the exit to the sewer, Harvey bike jacks some poor guy and nicks his phone. He phones that goon to make sure that the plane doesn't leave without him. So Harvey, who has a broken Still hand... keep that airplane running! So Harvey, who's broken his hand and fallen down a sinkhole today, and this kind of should be, at this point, cutting his losses, gets on his bike and pedals back to Coronation Right, right, with a broken hand. Which I mentioned. A quick bike ride later and he turns up at Victoria Court in a hockey mask and at that point I nearly switched off. Because where the fuck has he got this hockey mask from? Why does it have to be a hockey mask? Probably from Abby's magic bag that can turn, that can switch a gun and a a glue gun. The place is crawling with cops. There's a fo- there's a plane waiting for him. He's fucked us already. Cut your losses and leave. But no. 
Leanne has waited for a bit at the bistro and she decides, fuck it, I'm off to the flat. She needs her phone and the place is crawling with police. She'll be fine. <laughs> Simon checks on Toya about her and Imran, insisting they're both going to be able to sort this out. Just as Nick arrives after dumping Sam at Sarah's, Toya explains about Harvey, so he rushes off to find Leanne. Sarah, who also has uh, her kid and David's kids. And Elsie, I think, is with Alia. I think. Who knows? <laughs> Right. We see a figure. All of these children could have gone down the hole by now. We see a figure like Leanne, but not her face, go into the flats, and Harvey appears from nowhere and tailgates in behind her, being careful to look round about him and take the gun out of the small of his back before he follows Leanne up the stairs. Well, we see a shadowy figure walk in. Yeah. We well, don't know who it is. Well, it does not resemble Leanne at all. Well, it's dressed like Leanne. Yeah. It doesn't resemble her body at all. Well, that's because it's not her. Well, we know that. So Harvey crashes into Leanne's flat that's in complete darkness. There seems to be no one there, but the Leanne figure runs by Harvey for the door and he shoots her and she falls to the ground. Well, we sh- he shoots them. Because we don't know if it's a her yet. Well, we do. Because we we're supposed to think it's Leanne. Right, I guess. F- fuck off with your pronoun shite. <laughs> he must leave... Because he's gone when Nick arrives, crying for Leanne, who he finds on the floor, but then Leanne comes in. Because where the fuck has she been? Because Leanne left the bistro, then Nick left the bistro. Then Nick arrives at the flat, and then Leanne arrives at the flat. Has and Leanne, Imran never gets to the flat. Has Leanne gone the scenic route to get to the flat? And and Nick has already turned this person over and uh, knows that it's not... Natasha. Knows, knows that it's not Leanne. Right. And at first... I kind of thought maybe it was Imran. Because you don't really see... You really kind of don't see how they're dressed. You do. You, you see the, the long black wig. That's pretty much do all you, you? see. Yeah. Because I didn't see that. It was yeah, just it was all the, black. I just think it was fucking Imran. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, <laughs> Where it's is Natasha. Imran gone? So Leanne calls 999 and then gives some unnecessary exposition about the two of them having the same costume. Leanne rushes off to check on the ambulance and for some reason... She runs off to get an ambulance or get some paramedics because there's tons of ambulances outside. Right. And for when some they've reason, just called 999, who is probably radioing to one of those ambulances that's already on the scene. But instead of doing that, she gets into Nick's shitty car where Harvey's waiting in the passenger seat. So Harvey shot who he thinks is Leanne. And then went to sit in a car he doesn't have keys to. And just sit in a car and wait for a while. Why was he there? <laughs> Did he realize at the last second? No, that because it wasn't when Leanne gets in, he says, You're meant to be dead. Right, but he says it in a way, I don't know. None of this makes any sense. What the fuck is going on, Gav? <sighs> he I'm wants so her confused. to drive. He's got a plane to catch. Either you drive me or I get somebody else to do it, he says. Well, right. if it's all the like same to you, Simon. get someone else to do it. Right, yeah, but he, thre- he he specifically threatens, you know, I'll get another member of your family. But nobody's scared of him at this point, surely. Right, and there's not a member of her family around anywhere. And also, why not just take the keys and kick her out? Leanne tells him that she's not scared of him. She's not scared of anything after Oliver. And she floors the Rover 75 that crawls up to 25 miles an hour. <laughs> before slamming into a skip. Leanne is wearing her seatbelt, but Harvey isn't. Not. And she says to him before they hit the skip, and by the way, the airbag's not on. 
And Harvey, when, when, there she's, are when, she's, in that car? when she's roaring down the, the street, he tells her to slow down a bit. Because like seconds before, he's like, right, hurry up, get out of here. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. You're going to be a bit too fast here. Right, because... He bangs his head on the windscreen and knocks himself out. Right. This is the thing that knocks him out when he's already been tossed around in right. the back of a truck. Right. Death's car didn't have airbags. What's up with that? Would they activate when he was hit from behind? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you hit from behind, you go back, don't you? Right, but anyway. then you go forward anyway. into the steering wheel. Anyway, Leanne stumbles out of the car just as zombie Curtis, who's dressed up as a zombie, maybe, examines <laughs> Harvey and can only find a weak pulse as the ambulance crew arrives and then she's reunited with Nick. Like, I'm a medical student. Yep. And I've got a heart condition that's really sad, but nobody cares. While all this is going on, at Roy's Rolls, Roy's having a moral dilemma about lying to the police. And when Nina thinks it's no big deal, he points out that it's like she doesn't know him at all. Right, that was funny. And at that, Diaz Fringe comes in looking for uh, the answer to some questions. Oh, pig stats. Right, Nina. yeah, because Diaz Fringe and all of the other police don't have enough on their hands trying to find the escaped convict and keeping people from falling out of holes. Right. So Roy deftly handles Diaz Fringe's questions by answering different questions <laughs> until she loses her patience and demands a yes or no. Did Abby have a gun pointed at ITV Corey? And giving her interesting trivia about things. At the police station, Abby's insisting that she didn't have a gun. She threatened him and was angry with him, but he confessed to killing Seb. In comes Diaz Fringe, armed with Roy's statement and news that Kev is fine. We don't hear any more of the questioning as Abby turns up at the hospital just ahead of Roy, who it turns out did lie for Abby after all. She doesn't know how to thank him. You can thank me by never doing this again, he says. You can thank everybody by not doing this again. Right. And moving on with your life. Yeah. Remember that thing that I said before about never doing this again? Mm. I'm going to double down on that. <laughs> never do this again. She suddenly remembers the confessional note that she left for Kev. What if he's already read it? Well, says Roy, he wouldn't have heard anything from me. <laughs> So Abby gets to see Kev, who thinks that she always tries to outdo him. He gets hit over the head by an escaped convict, and she falls down a natural disaster. They love each other and hug. <sighs> then Kev and Abby are getting ready to evacuate, because the, they're out of hospital now. Right. They're back on the street, yes. and they're getting ready to evacuate. But yes. Abby wants to go Kev back. Kev is able to drive, even though he's had a major head injury and was unconscious for like half an hour. Kev is able to drive. Abby wants to go back for a phone charger, but it's really to retrieve the note. But in the house, the note is gone. She checks outside in the bin, but Kev shouts not to hurry the fuck up, you typical woman. So Abby leaves it, and the camera pans to a homeless man with a Weddy County backpack that no one sees that's asleep in the ginnel. Yes, this is the same homeless man who went to pick up the food at Speed Doll and had that same backpack on his back that nobody noticed last week. So how did you find out about it? Did somebody mention it? Uh, there has been some noise on the... Uh, I'm going to have on, to go back and check that now. On the internet, but I did kind of notice it myself. No, you didn't. I did need to. At the hospital, Dev is still waiting for Addy to wake up. Asha thinks Dev should go home to get some rest and have a shower, but Dev, who I think realises that he's not been really the greatest dad in the world up. here, refuses to leave even though he's going to be fine. Don't think you heard me. I'm not going to leave my son. Asha tells Dev that he wasn't responsible and the important thing is we're all alive. 
Asha gets upset at the thought of this, so Dev decides to leave Adi after all <laughs> to take her home and give her hot chocolate. And when they leave, we discover that Adi hasn't been asleep during all this at all, and he opens his eyes. Yeah. Fuck you, Dev. Fuck you in the ear. You Later. are a bad parent to the best child on this show. How dare you treat him this way? He is a precious gift from above. Later, Dev gets back to find Addy awake, but strangely not chatty. Oh, you're awake now, he says. Yeah, Addy fuck claims off, Dad. to not remember anything as Summer comes in. Dev gets a call and steps out to take it, leaving them to it. And Addy reveals that he remembers everything and remembers being left for dead by his dad. Right, by shouting for my dad and, and him not him not caring that I was going to die. Yeah. As long as Asha can walk. Right. <laughs> I was really, really disappointed in in all of that because when that scene started and dev dev seems to have realized the error of his ways yeah you know and this is in many ways his fault because if it weren't for him there would have only been one child to save in that car if mm-hmm. he hadn't you know given in to asha being a brat they'd also be going somewhere completely different right and in the opposite direction. Well, maybe. And he's the one who got off the motorway, which probably would have been a so- safer way to travel with fewer branches in the road. Right. You know, there are so many ways that this really is Dev's fault, you know. It's, and, how, and it's so, how he's so quickly um, encouraged to leave right. Addy again just because no. Asha's getting upset. Yeah, and I was so proud of him the way that he's, you know, because the way Asha is like, oh, no, 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 you know, you can go. And he's like, no, I don't think you understand me. And is actually yelling at her. It's like, oh, finally, finally. And then it's not until it, till she absolves him of all fault that he's like, yeah, you're right. Let's go home and make hot cocoa right. with maple syrup because I'm a monster. <laughs> so David and Shona are now shouting on Johnny to stay where he is down the storm drain. But he has to find Jenny. So he wanders off down a tunnel to look for her just as Craig gives it a second flush. Well, sometimes you got to give it a second flush. Johnny hears Jenny shouting for help and he finds her. She was expecting a fireman. Oh, fucking hell, I'm sorry then. So now he's with her, he hasn't a fucking clue what to do. Right. But what he does do is put his wet coat on her. Right. Thus, she's presumably, cr- weighing her down. She's just told him that she thinks her shoulder is broken. And the way he responds is taking a wet, heavy coat right. and putting it on that broken shoulder. And she doesn't scream in agony. (laughs) His plan is to stay put. Great, because that was my plan, says Jenny. Right, yeah. It's like... (laughs) You've just made this worse. There's a ladder, but the manhole at the top of it is covered. And Jenny worries that the cold's going to kill them if they don't drown first. So they start talking about Kendallman cake. And Johnny realises that he's not the knight in shining armour and suggests that they rub genitals to keep warm. Yeah, let's take off all of our clothes and put our genitals together to keep warm, like Bear Grylls tells us to. Johnny had previously decided that the ladder was too risky, but now decides to go up the ladder with Jenny rubbing herself on his back. Right, because the water is rising. She nearly falls off, but John, Johnny but reaches like behind and manages to save her with one hand and right. get her back on the ladder the again. The 60-year-old man with MS <laughs> is <laughs> able to... By the top of the... <laughs> Off of the ladder. And she's able to grab his hand with a broken shoulder the man- and a twisted ankle. <laughs> the manhole cover won't budge. They both scream for help, but no one's there to hear on the other side as the water levels get higher. 
Johnny's starting to feel the cold a bit and Jenny urges him to keep talking. He explains how much he loves her, which he'd pretty much figured out. He's found it hard seeing her moving on and he realises that he had no right to feel that way. It's never been easy with us, she says. And he decides that it's never been easy since Aidan died. And I'm not sure that he can blame anything on that three years ago. They've, they've been fine for, for well, they most of that time. They weren't fine because he was he was grieving so much. Oh, there was a Liz thing. And then there was the Liz thing. And then there was the Ronnie thing. And well, well maybe but no, fair. no, there was a gap in between Liz and Ronnie. Yeah, but not like that. You know, where things sort of got better. And if they were able to overcome all of that, Aiden's death and the whole Liz thing, you'd think that they would be strong enough to withstand anything. I kind of think that Aiden's just mentioned here to set up the end. I just felt like it was a strange thing. Maybe. I don't think. I don't think that's what Johnny did. He seems to slip away. No, I don't think it is either, no. but he mentions Aiden now for a reason and we'll, we'll, we'll get to yeah. that. He seems to slip away a bit again, but there's a noise from above and they go back to shouting. On the surface, Shona has had enough of waiting for Leo and his crew. They open up a manhole cover, but it's the other one that they should be opening, the one right. around the corner. So while Leo and his gang try to remove the other manhole cover, Shona grabs some rope and goes down the first one before anyone can stop her. I'm getting so confused about how many holes are in this fucking cheese here. Right, and it just and it doesn't it doesn't get any easier to understand when Shona goes down. But this is Shona. Remember, Shona has already told Johnny, I could probably help her. You can't. Right. And here's Shona proving it, even though it's kind of stupid. But it's because the regular fire brigade who is there, they're not skilled in this form of rescue and recovery. So they have to to call some other guys who are stuck in traffic or something. Jenny shouts for help, but then falls from the ladder and Johnny drops down to find her. Part of the tunnel that they were in is now totally underwater and he has to drag her back up to the real ladder bit to get some air. And then we have a long scene where Shona finds out where Johnny and Jenny are and feeds this rope down through the tunnel, allowing the current to uh, to take it to Jenny and Johnny. Around a corner. And Johnny insists that Jenny goes first and after a kiss, Shona gradually pulls her under the water it's a kind of Poseidon adventure type rescue kind of thing that's happening where Jenny gets dragged, completely submerged through to the bit where the air is where Shona is to safety. With a broken shoulder right. and, a, and a twisted ankle, she's able to kick and hold on and also well, go around a corner. The rope's tied round her. Right. So it's Shona that's doing the, the so, main heavy lifting I'm here. so confused because... They're parallel to one another because they're shouting at one another through this tube that they can see one another through. A pipe, yeah. That's parallel. And then she says... Straight, you mean? Yeah, they're parallel from one another. One is here and one is here. But Shona is going to thread the rope this way and this way and this way. She gets the safety in it. (laughs) None of this makes any sense. Then we have, right, so but this 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 takes a long time to happen. Right, and Johnny, yeah, she's underwater for a very long time. Johnny is slipping in and out of consciousness despite Jenny's screams. And he thinks he sees Aiden and goes to him 
and then drowns just as Jenny and Shona are about to be rescued from above by the firemen who remember where they put that special tool. <laughs> Up on the surface, Carla can tell from Jenny's face that Johnny didn't make it. And that's how we end this week's episodes. And I was kind of like, well, we see him being washed away, but maybe he's not dead. Oh, no, he's not man dead. I, you know, I was I was holding out a little bit ho- of hope until I saw on Twitter that Richard had this like farewell message. And I was like, oh, all right, he's dead. Timbot4000 says you have got to be shitting me. Right. Can we talk about the pointlessness of what Johnny did there? Because I don't mind him going down there to be the hero and to die the hero. But he didn't die the hero. But he didn't die he, a hero. He, he died the useless old man. Right. Which is just a strange way for him to go. That that whole thing, because it angered me as much as the whole Roy telling Abby that, that Kev is the best thing that's ever happened to her angered me. You know, because like online and everything, it's like, oh, Johnny is the hero of the story. And I'm like, he really fucking isn't. He isn't. Not, not even a and little bit. Arg- arguably, Jenny was better off on her own just sticking to where she was at yep <laughs> yep and he or, could or letting Shona take care of it right <laughs> it's like he's just and the whole shouting at Leo over who loves her more was just ridiculous because it's like you're an old man with MS if you love her that much you will stay put and let the people who are trained for this go and find her because there's nothing you can do. Right. Which I guess was the truest thing that happened in this this week's episodes was that there is nothing that he can do and there's nothing that he does do. Right. Except if, if for put down, a heavy coat on her broken shoulder. If, if he'd gone down and been the hero, that would have been stretching the incredulity a little, a little further, even more than it already has been. But I'm just like, what a pointless way for him to die. Yeah, this is... And this is... And this is the only confirmed death that we've got. Because we don't know if Harvey's dead. We and we don't know, know if Natasha's, Natasha's dead. dead. So we've had six episodes of this for Johnny to die pointlessly. And, yeah. And for other people who were kind of foreshadowed to be involved in all of this and possibly die, not even show up all week. Right. Where's Audrey with her sight problem? Right. When we need her. And it just, it makes me sad because... I understand Johnny leaving the show. He seems, that character seems to have run its course. Absolutely. I get that. I don't, I don't think they're doing his character justice by this. And I don't think he's do. they're doing the love story of Johnny and Jenny justice by doing this. If they had had a super soap week where, Johnny finally succumbs to his MS because let's be honest, that was going to happen eventually anyway. Right. And him dying in the hospital and Jenny coming one last time to see him and speaking to him, you know, and then sharing this a soft, tender moment before he fades off. That would be a very soap opera way for him to go. It would have been a beautiful way for him to go. It would have justified 
this this relationship that we've all come to be quite fond of. Instead, he dies senselessly in a hole by drowning. Yeah, they tried to get a little Titanic thing going on, the greatest love story ever told sort of thing, which which is kind of scuffered by the fact that he was useless down there. Right, at least Jack tries to save Rose and is the one who, you know, gets her on top of the Titanic, you know, when it goes sideways and everything. Of course, she can't be fucked to drag him onto a door but never mind (laughs) yeah it just it feels like the show wanted this to be something and thought that they had something that let's be honest they didn't well and well let's also be honest and say some people do have found that in it some people thought this was the bee's knees yeah and and that they did a, a remarkable job. I, I agree that there are individual remarkable jobs that have gone on yeah. through this week's storyline, mostly from the production point of view of how do you even stage something like this in a pandemic? And I think the set designs, I, I saw some uh, some disparaging thoughts and opinions on them i thought the sets looked fantastic i thought the sewer set looked fantastic i thought, I thought bits of ex- the sewer set looked good i thought other bits of it looked a little house of horrors i wish that there had been more consistency in in the sewer set and, regardless and it are, made more sense there are people who have got exactly what they wanted from from, right. from this week I, I i i don't think that i hated it as much as you did but I was disappointed by it, and I'm disappointed by it because, uh, well, I'm I'm confused as to why I'm disappointed about it. Because the reason why I thought I was disappointed about it was because of the, the 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 set pieces, the stunts, the the mortal danger, all that kind of thing. Emmerdale did something very similar this week, except it was a it was an outbound adventure, whitewater rafting thing that went wrong. But oh, Emmerdale did it really well, and I enjoyed Emmerdale much more than I enjoyed Corey this week. But they were they were doing similar things where stories are converging on the one theme. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't get as much enjoyment out of this as I got out of Emmerdale, and I'm confused as to why. Well, I think for me, again, it's it's unfortunate the whole car exploding thing because, as I said. I just had a friend who went through a real life, very traumatic, very similar thing. I think I, w- I also did myself an injustice by doing what I do every week and waiting until Friday to watch everything, which was the day after Alec Baldwin killed someone on the set of his of his movie accidentally with with a prop gun that went off wrong and killed the cinematographer and maimed the director. So... I was really not in a frame of mind, <laughs> you know, after reading about that horrible accident, I was just kind of like, do we really need guns in this show? Which is arguably an argument we've made time and time again on the show anyway, that there's just far too many guns in it. Guns are asked to do an awful lot of dramatic heavy lifting. That I, right. I think the, the more overexposure they get, the less effective they are in that regard. Right. And when they float down pipes to be conveniently fine be found by a murderous convict right so it doesn't help no so 
I was and and again, this is not the sort of storyline I really like in a soap opera. You know, I'm here for the character development and the interesting stories in between people. And let's remember that was the foundation of Coronation Street when oh, sure. it was first imagined. So I was already coming into it with some trepidation. I honestly tried to give it the benefit of the doubt, but and, and some bits were good. Some bits were good. I didn't like the way that it happened, but I did like Johnny and Jenny having this one last moment together before Johnny dies. It was like I like that they were able to, you know, confess that they still love one another. I like that. I just wish it didn't happen in a sewer. <laughs> you know, I. I liked how Toya and Leanne and, and Simon and Imran and, and Nick kind of came together as a unit. And Oh, and, Imran didn't. Well, well, Imran was there just, for a while. Toya was dishing the tails to Imran. Well, no. And see, that's, that. th- this, is, this is what I like. She accepted, she answered that phone call, which, let's be honest, she may not have. Yeah, but she answered it so she could say, what do you want? <laughs> right but she answered that call and he did come and he did offer to help and she put him in his place she did say this changes nothing that you're here and you're helping and I really liked that I liked Roy helping Abby I just didn't like the way that it happened you know I don't like Roy lying and I think it's really stupid that he dragged two grown adults out of a hole that was way too deep <laughs> with his, with his coat. Sleeve, right? You know, so I think I'm really disappointed because it could have been so much more and it, it kept it kept failing itself. Like like that scene with Dev where he shouted at Asha that I'm not going to leave my son. And me being like, oh, God, finally, there's some character development there where Dev realizes the error of his ways. He realizes that Addy is right, that he does favor Asha more and that it almost got his son killed. And then five minutes later, he's turned completely around. It's like they've missed this opportunity to do something really interesting and important with this character. Yeah, I think for me... These aren't entirely missed opportunities. I think the ghost moving through the carnival is definitely a missed opportunity. But what really bugged me about the whole thing, thing more than anything else, was it's far too late for that to happen. Mm. Oh, like, oh, by the way, I was a ghost that was moving through the carnival. Why don't you fuck you? Where were you last week? (laughs) The the bit that really got me was was Harvey. We've got a, a. how on earth that man is supposed to be a drug kingpin, I will I will never know. He micromanaged his underlings all the way through the start of that storyline. He's was basically in a cell shouting at Sharon for what felt like months. And then he finally gets out and rather than taking the opportunity to, to get go. the fuck out of Dodge, right. he's determined to to get in that revenge on Leanne, who's already bested him yeah. twice as far as I can think of. At least. And 
is continually bested by her in the situation as this drags on, has opportunities midway through to cut his losses and leave, is determined to keep on going back, somehow gets himself into that car. For no reason. And it's like, I'm I'm meant to be scared of this guy. I'm meant to feel threatened by this guy. I'm meant to feel threatened for for Leanne, who every time he's on screen might as well have some comedy bumbling music accompanying them. Yeah. Because and putting that hockey mask, which frankly was far too small for his for his face and his head, and too clean. And what? And he takes it off like there's this big reveal. But Mm -hmm. we're supposed to think that that was what. That's Tim? Of course it's fucking Harvey. Who's it meant to be? That The whole Harvey part of this, no offence to Will Meller, but every time you see him, you're like, that's, that's Will Meller. Right. If it had been gay Mick, I would have been more uh, right. worried about Leanne. He's a big guy. He's got a very specific build. Nobody's going to mistake him for Tim. <laughs> Well, that's kind of the joke that I just made. But right, yeah. I was going to say somebody else, but then I couldn't think of anybody. And I, I, I do want to, I do want to reinforce what you just said. I, I am very critical of this week. I am not critical of any of the actors. Oh no, 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 absolutely not. I love them all. I stand by them all. The storyline and some of the writing left a bit to be desired, though. And and again, it felt. I'm, I'm sure in the writer's room at some point, somebody said, oh, wouldn't it be creepy if he had a hockey mask, you know, and he opened it up and there was this big reveal. And somebody said, yeah, and why don't we write on the wall in the haunted house? Oh, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> in the circus, no one can hear you scream. Won't that be cool? Ooh, yeah, it'll be like that Ridley Scott movie. Yeah. This happens, this happens to writers. This has happened to me. This has happened to you. You get an idea you think is great and you don't want to kill your darlings. You just throw it all on the page and run with it. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I think the best thing we can say, though, is that they they aimed for it. They aimed for a, a, a big week off. Right. Of stuff happening, arguably too much stuff happened, right? Yeah. Arguably on Monday you're like, this is an awful lot to be going on with here. We could right. maybe do with like a, a half of this or a third of this. Right. They had an awful lot to throw at the wall. Yes. They did that. Yeah. That that week happened. Right. Without a doubt, that week happened. Yes. And on a lot of occasions like this, what is interesting is the aftermath. Mm-hmm. What happens after this? When yeah. we go when we go back to the fact that it's not a storm and it's dark, right. so we can't hear what's going on and we can't really see what's going when on. When we clean things up and realise that there are other people in those holes. How do we... Do, right. There's like a million extras down there that nobody cares about. <laughs> but, yeah. How do we deal with what happened this week? As, right. As I'm hoping is where this is going How to start to get interesting How do we fill in the plot holes? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for next week. Because what's going to happen to you, Natasha? What's going to happen to, to Harvey? It's- Where's Imran? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, more power to them. You know, this is something that was meant to happen last year, closer Probably. to when the sinkhole happened in Probably. the first place. 
No, I've, I've read things. It was okay. it was meant to happen before this. And then the pandemic just kind of scuppered everybody's stuff. So more power to them for, for trying to figure out a way to still do this. I will be disappointed if the council and the residents of Coronation Street don't turn on David and Gail here. Because in a lot of ways... All of this is their fault. No, it's the council's fault because the council should be the one taking care of a sinkhole and a fault. Well, I want, either way, I want this address that this sinkhole has been there for more than a year. Do you think Debbie will finally say to somebody that somehow Ray Weinstein created the sinkhole? Remember that? It was the water guy. It was the guy from the water board that did this. Somehow. (laughs) That we've never never spoken about since. Because he fell down the hole. (laughs) So... What was your moment of the week? I, 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 I'm reticent to ask. Uh, what was your moment of the week? Right. Normally I have a list of who we've handed out moment of the week to in recent uh-huh. weeks. And we try not to do it so that we're handing out to the same people mm-hmm. over and over again. I think we've given it to Addy recently. I think mm-hmm. we've maybe given it to Addy and Summer recently, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. For me, their little scene together, where we discovered that Addy was awake the whole time and realises the, the effect of, once again, being the the second of the twins. Being the red-headed stepchild of the was, twins. Yeah. Was my moment of the week. I kind of agree with you. And I kind of want to give it to to Johnny and Jenny, you know, and them them proclaiming that they still love one another. Just because we're never going to be able to give it to Johnny again. I didn't like how it happened, but I like that it happened. I'll happily go along with that. All right. That's our moment of the week. Our moment of the week. Let's Boring be honest. The week. We're going to give it to Addie and Summer again. Yeah. Soon. Probably next week. Ish. <clears throat> Everything else? Um, well, that no. joke again. It wasn't boring. It was just disappointing and anger-inducing. Uh, uh, Harvey's conversation with the guy on the bike. <laughs> the guy on the bike stops and says, no, it's the- Are you okay? <laughs> and Harvey says, Give me your bike! And I've your got phone. a gun! And your underpants. How did he get that guy's phone unlocked? And oh, he said did- to un- unlock it. He told him to unlock it. but then Unlock it, but then put it down in a puddle. Right. But- and also... And also, Let's not get nobody, up else, this again. nobody else has service <laughs> but this guy on a bike. It's Harvey complaining to Leanne about the weather. <laughs> it's just Harvey. That's our boring moment of the week. <laughs> I am so, so sorry, guys. I, I really wanted to like this week. I no, really you didn't. Did. I really wanted to be wrong. If you've ever had a sinkhole in your garden and put off fixing it for a year, shame on you. Write to us for forgiveness. We're the talk of the street at gmail.com and we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can shout me and Helen a coffee by heading to ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street. Check out the clicky clicky section of vogel.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode and we will be back next week. Hopefully. With more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have some decisions pending. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more The Talk of the Street. Bye. Cheerio. Bye.